I was babysitting my nephews at night and I couldn't sleep and I was sleeping on the couch downstairs and there's this big window that uh, sees out into like the whole open area of the property and there's like the sandy gravel road and something just like my gut told me to turn and look and there was a big black mesh shadowy man just walking on the property and I'm like that doesn't make any sense because the property's locked up there's security measures you know there shouldn't be 3:30 in the morning Oh yes, the Midwest, also known as Bryce's motherland. What makes the Midwest so unique? It's known for being America's heartland, a land known for its manufacturing and farming culture, home of the Great Lakes, the Mall of America, deep dish pizza, even the icy. Let's not forget it's also home of the Kenzie Institute, the Ozarks, cheese, and of course, the Cardinals and the Buckeyes. Bryce wanted to make sure that I didn't leave out those little tidbits. But the Midwest is a place that is mysterious, eerie, and paranormally charged. But the Midwest carries a very heavy paranormal element to it. It's the setting for the Villisca Axe Murder House, the Limp Mansion, and the Griggs Mansion, the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, along with the Congress Hotel, and the Escalibur nightclub in Chicago, Illinois, just to name a few. On today's episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, Holly Weird travels to the Midwest as we interview Anthony Holter of OC Ghosts and Legends and a fellow Minnesotan who talks about the hauntings of the Midwest and a couple of his own paranormal experiences and investigations. So turn on your nightlight, curl up with your favorite slice of deep dish pizza, and possibly a nice cold Nuclearis beer. And let's get Holly Weird in the Midwest. The following interview that you're about to listen to was recorded via Skype, so please pardon any other glitches or in and out frequencies since we are practicing social distancing due to the COVID-19 virus. And with that said, let's get Holly Weird. Hey guys, welcome back to Hollywood Paranormal. We are your hosts, Tammy Merhad Chavez. I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. And we also have a guest with us today, Anthony Holter of OC Ghosts and Legends. And on today's episode, Hollywood Paranormal is actually not going to stay in California. We're going to travel to the Midwest and talk to Anthony about the haunted Midwest, something that's close and near and dear to Bryce's heart. Yes. <laughs> so we are definitely going to be talking about some Midwest haunts and ghosts. Uh, first off, uh, I want to address something that occurred earlier this uh, earlier this week, and that is response to a review that we received on Apple Podcasts. Uh, something just we just want to reiterate, we mentioned this on our social media, that in no way, shape, or form, Bryce and I ever have the intention to make fun of mental illness. And this is in reference to also the Rock Haven episode. If anyone had taken offense, we apologize if we 
may come across a little insensitive, especially to Marilyn Monroe's mother, Gladys. That was never our intention. Um, I made uh, an announcement about it on Instagram. And surprisingly, a lot of people responded with a lot of positive remarks and their own personal opinions about the episode. I guess nowadays people are just really hypersensitive or you know, maybe we just need to tread lightly when it does come to mental illness. But I mean, there's something that I like to say. Yes, uh, Elba's meow on Apple Podcasts. We do have family members that do suffer from mental illness and we never take it as a joke. So that is our answer to your question. And it was never our intention to make fun of Gladys, Marilyn Monroe's mother. Going back on the episode, I know that there was a story in connection with what she would do in the Rock Haven Sanatorium. And it was remarked as a funny story uh, about her tying bed sheets to escape her room. And I also mentioned that, oh, maybe staff called her, you know, like they would use her name as an adverb, like I'm going to pull a Gladys. Mm -hmm. And they also referred to her as an escape artist. But we do apologize if we did say that that story was funny. Um, for a lot of people, they do take their mental illness with stride and with a grain of salt. I mean, I do suffer from, you know, depression and anxiety. And sometimes I like to poke fun at myself. I know Bryce has even mentioned, too, like, he likes to curl in a fetal position in his car yeah. before he goes to work and cry. Yeah, just as a little note, just to insert into this episode, that was never yeah. our intention, 100%. And we just got a lot of great feedback from that uh that announcement and we just want to thank everybody for their support and just for listening to our episodes and following up with what we're doing and we hope that everybody's doing well especially during these times mm -hmm. and we're just you know all we want to do is just sit here and talk about ghosts talk about true crime but most of all yeah. talk about california but instead for today we're gonna actually bring in anthony uh, just a little tidbit about anthony guys anthony is a native minnesotan uh, having visited California a few times prior before settling in uh, June of 2018, Anthony Holter is also an investigator, location assistant, and tour guides for one of my favorite paranormal and tour groups, OC Ghost and Legend. Yes. I had the pleasure of meeting them, including Anthony, um, at the Brackenfern Manor, where uh, I was invited to attend a ghost hunt and overnight while well, we were kind of stormed in. Uh, but it was just an amazing place to investigate. And the whole team in itself, they're just a great group of people willing not only to try, like, try to find the unexplainable, try to explain the unexplainable or debunk, but also to teach individuals how to go about a paranormal investigation and also how to investigate safely, of course. So Anthony, take it away. T tell us a little more about yourself and how did you become an investigator? And then we can jump into the haunted Midwest. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for having me on the show. I hope you guys are staying safe through all the chaos going on in the world. Um, really, I the whole investigator thing, it's so funny. If you had asked me maybe 15 years ago, if, you know, I would be an official paranormal investigator of a team, I would have told you no. I would have thought that was the craziest <laughs> thing, you know, on the face of the planet. Uh, really, it just stemmed from experiences that, uh, that had happened to me. 
when I was younger and then just meeting the right people. Uh, one of our other team members, uh, Mika, is on the team. Yeah. Uh, she's my so that kind of, you know, went really well together with when I moved there uh, that, you know, I wanted to be a part of something. And so she was like, well, try out for the team, you know, go for it. <laughs> um, and I love it. I love the team. Chris does a great job at leading. Everyone's just so great. We're a great family. You guys um, so are. Really it makes everything enjoyable. <laughs> you, you guys are 100% a family. And I mean, the love and the welcomeness that I endured from your group was just mm. so amazing. Like, you guys are number one on our list. <laughs> Next time Bryce has to join us for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we love having you, too. It was great to have you there and, you know, see so you can experience and share what we do and, oh, you know, right. see kind of how everything goes. So it was awesome. Yes, guys, listen to our episode where I traveled yes. to Brackenfern Manor and I sat down with Anthony, the rest of the group, especially their in-house medium, Dixie Tantardini. Uh, the things that she came up with, especially throughout the night, were just insane. And I felt like I definitely experienced so much. Um, I think I may have had my first full body apparition experience there. It, I mean, it, it, there's something there and you guys definitely definitely knew how to investigate that place it was a crazy night like i did not expect how stormy and cold it got though (laughs) it was it was the setting of a perfect horror film guys when we were there it was beautiful and then towards as it got darker it was literally a dark and stormy night and all of us were investigating this haunted manor (laughs) it was perfect but speaking of hauntings, Anthony, so you come from the Midwest. You've shared some stories with yes. me in regards to uh, hauntings that occurred there, um, things that have happened to you. Um, Bryce has done the same thing as well. Here's one question that we can open up with. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think, and Bryce, you can also chime in. Why do you guys think, why do you guys think the Midwest is so haunted? <laughs> it's kind of complicated because like every state, you know, backbone of culture and i think just kind of the midwest in general is this cluster of like you know norwegian scandinavian nations and you know all those things overseas have such a rich history and legends and superstitions um that you know they brought over when they settled into you know the states uh so i think a lot of that comes from that and you know it just passes down generation to generation you know family so it stays alive in that essence it's kind of like california where we talked about in the past like there's just layers and layers of history and i guess that's how it is there with those cultures and especially uh there is strife between the scandinavians Mm -hmm. and so on with native americans in terms of land and there are also battles and stuff like that so that could have added to the layers and layers there so uh, tell us about your first paranormal experiment, uh, experience in the Midwest. You shared it a little bit on our Brackenford Manor episode. So uh, there was a property called the Mayowood Stone Barn, which stemmed from the founders of the Mayo Clinic, so the biggest you know hospital um, in Rochester, Minnesota, in the state. A lot of people go there internationally. My sister-in-law and her parents had owned that property. And there was a couple factors that I thought about later down the road when I looked back on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole property is lined in limestone. And as we know, in the paranormal world, that's kind of, you know, a conductor of holding on to a lot of energy that has happened there. Mm -hmm. Well, the story has it that the Mayowood brothers 
investors had committed suicide on that property. And, you know, I, we don't know wow. whether why that was. I never really dug deep into it too much. Um, we think they were just eventually miserable and they weren't you know, getting too much attention and not really credible um, at that time. And I remember there's this little house that we used to call the frame house that we fixed up, which is another factor. Change, any change going on, you know, in the property, ghosts are like, no, 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 leave it alone, <laughs> <laughs> usually. Um, but I was babysitting my nephews at night, and I couldn't sleep, and I was sleeping on the couch downstairs, and there was this big window that uh, sees out into, like, the whole open area of the property, and there's, like, the sandy gravel road, and something just like my gut told me to turn and look and there was a big black mesh shadowy man just walking on the property and i'm like that doesn't make any sense because the property's locked up there's security measures you know there shouldn't be anyone out around this hour i think it was about 3 30 in the morning oh, and so perfect I time, turned back perfect time. Said, yeah i know right yeah <laughs> <laughs> turned back to look in and looked back over my shoulder again and it was gone and i was like okay I was like, either I'm crazy or that is like a superhero running or flying so fast across the property. Oh, my God. And uh, that wasn't what really unsettled me, though. Uh, the next thing that happened when I was just kind of in the state of shock was a black mask into the house and went upstairs to uh, my nephew's bedroom where they were. Oh, and, and it, so, was an, it, it, it was a rapid mu movement, right? That oh yeah, half. absolutely. I ran up the stairs, you know, checking on the clear, okay. My brother was sleeping up there with them, and so I started like screaming my brother's name. I'm like, someone is in the house. Like something's going on. There's someone in the house. Figure this out. Like figure out what's going on. And uh, so he he kind of laughed at me, and I'm like, well, what's so funny? He's like, there's no one in the house. I'm like, I'm telling you, there's someone in the house. He's like, no. So it wasn't something so bad or so negative i didn't get any negative vibe but you know it's something unexpected it's gonna scare you <laughs> right bryce had something similar happen to him in terms of a black masked figure as well where it just like what was it bryce had just shot up in a field and yeah i mean the thing that like seemed really familiar was just the way that like it moves so quickly right for me it was like my brain couldn't even process fast enough like it was moving so quickly that it was like I was almost experiencing things just like on id where you're just like your brain is telling you like sensorily like this is happening this is happening this is happening and then like a couple of those like run up in a row and you're like oh wait none of these are normal like what am i seeing like why is it happening so quickly um yeah that's so insane that it just like went up to the room that they were in though after i told my brother that he had um, you know what every other curious does and went on other places on the property to investigate and you know see if he could get anything because my nephew was having a type of experience you know he said that there was a little girl upstairs in the other house that wow. wanted to play ball and did this continue to happen for many years while you guys were living there or did it just you know stopped as you guys got older or what happened after I, that i think that it settled down. I didn't really experience anything after that. My brother sent me the recordings to like my email. Um, so I have them in my email somewhere still logged away. Uh, there was a couple different things, but it was just one of those things. It wasn't really talked about. It wasn't an open conversation, you know, as long as everyone was safe, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, the, it was pretty much golden. And of course, you know, we all moved eventually, you know, a couple years after that. So 
And this was located, you said, in, in Minnesota, right? Or Yes. Oh, wow. Were there any other hauntings or experiences that you went through in the Midwest in different states? Or was it just primarily just in that area? Uh, primarily Minnesota. I did run my own little paranormal team for a while, so I had some experiences stem out of that. But uh, I remember taking one of my groups of friends. We went to, uh, uh, if I can think of the name, um, River Falls, Wisconsin, for a camping trip in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did are... that turn out? <laughs> It was really interesting. It was kind of kind of like one of those, you know, you hear any type of brushing and it really freaks you mm -hmm. out, even though it's probably just a deer kind of situations. But when you tell like ghost stories around the campfire and you really get your adrenaline going or your, your imagination going, you know, uh, you're really kind of on edge. And so you're sharing a bunch of stories, just random ghost stories. It wasn't even anything about being, you know, paranormal experiences, but mm -hmm. we were hearing a lot of unusual things happen, whether it was whistling, uh, there was a lot of crunching, like footsteps crunching on the leaves and sticks, and it was like super freaky. <laughs> like, what was the, was there like a, a connection, like a paranormal connection surrounding or a story surrounding those woods? Uh, I think ending up finding out later since there's a university there the university of river falls um wow. they had a couple students uh pass away in the dorm rooms uh whether it was through suicide some speculate that maybe someone else did it you know did them in um so maybe that could have played a complete role i never really found out and i didn't really honestly end up staying long enough to find out because i was like okay i'm like this is way <laughs> too freaky you know hearing all kinds of stuff I, you know i thought it was one of our friends you know playing jokes on us and i'm like well we're all accounted for so like what's going on here and it didn't help like my flashlight turned off too but maybe that was just me being like freaked out and i did it or something you know it, it was just a weird night <laughs> I, I know a lot of people especially with Bryce, like who are not even into the paranormal or have associated themselves with the paranormal just by living in the Midwest. Someone always comes out of the Midwest with some sort of paranormal experience. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, the Midwest is more haunted than the South or more haunted than California West coast? I think to each their own. I think each mm -hmm. section has, you know, a whole cluster, a whole, portal or vortex of paranormal um yeah. again you know it goes back to me talking about culture and you know maybe that's just something that's so ingrained you know in our brains that you know that's what we so strongly believe and so you don't even want to mess with that superstition so if anything remotely comes close to that you know or an experience that's close to a type of belief if uh, it just, you know, kind of sets the whole spectrum off like a domino effect, you know, yeah. one thing happens right after another. Um, and it could be, you know, a lot of things. The Midwest has had a lot of, you know, battles back in the day. Um, in fact, where I'm staying at right now, um, a Native American battle took place down the road for me uh, a few miles down the road. Uh, back in the day, I'm not sure which year it was exactly, but it's always funny because when I drive past that lake, you don't see any fishermen on that lake, you don't see any ice houses on that lake, there's just nothing. Like, mm -hmm. you, so it's just, it kind of gives off a weird vibe. Bryce, what is your opinion on why you think, like, the Midwest is so paranormally active? Well, I, I don't know if it's any more, you know, I guess it'd be hard to say without, like, any data. But I don't think it's any more haunted than any other place. But I feel like so many people leave 
the Midwest so that we end up hearing about it more. Mm-hmm. Whereas, That's like, true. people that are still back home, they're either, like, not telling or they're not experiencing it or... I don't know. I just feel like the Midwest is, like, always that great migration after high school. Like, the people that try and get out. Mm-hmm. And then they take their, like, stories and experiences with them. And usually, I think, you know, the types of people who are open to the paranormal are usually the types of people who have a bit of like a wanderlust and like a need to like experience more reality whether that's paranormal or travel or education whatever that manifests as yeah i I can't say whether one place is like more or less haunted but there definitely is an element of like the oral tradition i guess being passed with people as they like move out of the midwest right uh, can you guys, both of you actually, can? because I'm not familiar with a lot of the legends and lores that surround the Midwest. Um, I do know of a couple of stories like, uh, or big uh, structures that, you know, have a lot of stories attached to them. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read off a couple. There's the Lakeview, the famous Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio, where a lot of people claim dead presidents stroll this famous cemetery where a statue cries black tears. And then there's the Franklin Castle, also in Cleveland, Ohio, where there's a string of death curts uh, attached to the ominous mansion with a reputation for murder, spirits, and even a stash of hidden bones, of course. And (laughs) and then we have the the infamous, the Velisca Axe Murder House in Velisca, I want to say it's Iowa. And it's uh, a killer slaughtered eight people men, women, and children in this little house that's now operated as a creepy BNB. Uh, <laughs> because that is the most Midwestern sentence we've said this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a haunted Airbnb? Like, definitely going. Definitely going. <laughs> Gonna bring my cheese and bratwurst over there, of course. <laughs> is that a big thing that people do over there? Like, they really are serious about their cheese and bratwurst and beer? Well, Mostly bratwurst, not cheese. It's so funny that you say that too, because yesterday was my nephew's birthday, and my brother made like hot dogs and bratwurst. So uh, that's funny that. <laughs> we also have the Michigan Central Station in Detroit, once a source of civic pride. Motown's train station now stands as a mon- monument to despair. People have seen figures of shadow people roaming around those uh, that property in particular. So the list does definitely does goes on and on based on how you guys were raised in the Midwest. Were there any legends or lores that you grew up with? Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of that to go around. Um, I'm going to butcher the name, but the most famous one, um, it's actually a more kind of like a Norwegian-based uh, folklore legend. But again, Scandinavians, they mm. all kind of migrated you know, over to the Midwest uh, called Holdar. And it's like... You know, the whole children of the corn, shadow people are going to snatch you kids if you go outside in the middle of the night, like, by yourself kind of story <laughs> that mm-hmm. my mom would always use, like, to not get me to go outside and, like, right. at nighttime. Because when I, like, my first, it was all wooded as a backyard. And, you know, we would play back there, you know, make, like, tree houses and all kinds of things like that. And she she would scare me with that kind of story. Um, <laughs> same with, like, the, the tall man story where, you know, it's 
this really gangly, almost slender looking man kind of thing with long nails. And, you know, it's a bad omen, an omen of death. <laughs> it's like, okay, so if you saw that passing by, you know, that means something would happen or someone was going to die. Or, and that was a very strong belief, you know, that superstition, uh, you know, whether it's true or not. You know, there's so many accounts of people seeing these types of legends. Uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot are huge in the midwest yes you know, really forestry wildlife oh my gosh it's insane i think there's even one place um in the borders of illinois and wisconsin that they're specifically devoted uh to like bigfoot and sasquatch sightings like they'll take me on tours of where you know they supposedly have seen um these legends and lores so it, it's really crazy <laughs> let's put a pin in that because i love to touch that note on cryptids uh, Bryce, have you heard any other or grew up with any stories or legends, uh, you know, attached to the Midwest that you just remember growing up or being told? I mean, I think ours were all kind of like colloquial just because like, like I remember, you know, it's in religion, we really ascribe everything to like a good or an angel and or a demon. Like there's no real in between for us growing up. So mm -hmm. it was like not completely in our vernacular. But then, like, also, you have all those, like, silly ones that, like, all little kids believe in, like, Bloody Mary and, like, all of those, like, very, like, Nickelodeon at night kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you're, like, little, I, like, I totally believe it. Like, I remember specifically I had a friend from church and I was, like, sleeping over at his house. And he's like, we're going to do Bloody Mary. And I was petrified. I was like, we're going to hell. Like, we can't do this. Like, I was so scared. So, <laughs> yes and no, I guess it's kind of like, you know, they're more, like pop culture ones just because we were so sheltered in a way um so we didn't really have any like experience with like more local type legends yeah because, like our parents would have been like well no, no that's not real like they wouldn't have really passed they would, that's true especially up there in the midwest like the, like is it christianity that's very strong up there uh in terms of religion yeah, oh, yeah absolutely it's you know just uh, even just a general Christianity, not necessarily to one denomination, but very strong beliefs. I know pretty much everyone in my family um, leans that way. It's yeah. not so much in the context of being ingrained with angel or demon, although I converted over to Catholicism when I was 14, and then down the road I realized I just wanted to be spiritual all around, um, have my own set of beliefs. But uh, yeah, it plays a huge part um, in that too. You know, any type of thing that might be remotely negative would be associated with you know Christianity belief of it's you know probably a demon um, or some kind of negative entity. Uh, so whereas you know the light, light is always a good thing. Uh, you know, a guardian angel of some kind or you know angels coming to help you out. Um, so it goes both ways. We could go into the cryptid section of <laughs> the Midwest because I'm really fascinated with Bigfoot and Sasquatch because he I feel like he's all over the place. I feel like he's like the Kardashian <laughs> of cryptids. Um, what are some of the <laughs> he's everywhere. You know, he's like donning his fur, walking, getting involved in all these videos and pictures. It's like who's that? That's Bigfoot. No, exactly. You know, um, that's a family dog. Uh, what are some stories connected to Bigfoot or Sasquatch uh, in the Midwest? Like where he's, is he mainly or mostly seen around there? It seems like the common thing is it's always going to be some type of really thick forest. Because, you know, if it's too, 
the, the joke is, you know, it being too thin, you know, you're not going to see, you know, this Bigfoot walking around. You know, he has to be covered in all this thick brush and fur mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, be a little bit more hidden because he doesn't want to be seen by the public. Someone's finding, like, a Bigfoot footprint of some kind. You know, whether it's, whether they did it, maybe with double shoes or maybe with some other kind of animal standing up, you know, on all the fours, um, we don't know, but, you know, it doesn't match, you know. Yeah. It's always a more interesting one because I, being an investigator, I like my evidence. Um, so that's, you know, it has a little bit more evidence, a little bit more of a solid truth behind it than, you know, maybe someone trying to shoot a video um, and it's, you know, someone in a Bigfoot costume, you know, running yeah. along the edge of the woods, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mainly I mean, there's like growls too here. So yes, I've I've heard a lot of uh, I guess recordings from people who've camped out, especially up there. Like they would hear like howls and and not screams, but it's just like this unusual scream that they would hear yeah. in in the woods. Of course, exactly. Which I find yeah. so fascinating because I I definitely <laughs> love to do an episode on like cryptozoology out of california where would you rather be a paranormal investigating in california or minnesota that's a good question um that's a hard one i california has a lot to offer uh mm. so i would stick with that one but there is a place in minnesota that is one of my top five like dream locations that i want to investigate and that is the stanley hotel um up Luth, uh, Ghost Adventures came and did it, um, and we also have the No Bean Sanatorium, which is also up in northern Minnesota, Duluth area. Uh, I haven't yet really been to a sanatorium, and that would be an interesting one to take off my bucket list. <laughs> so tell me about the Nor. Is it Norbean? That's the one in Duluth. I've never heard of that one. What is that one all about? Um, so I haven't heard too much on it. Uh, Destination Fear released their second season, episode one, where they did the sanatorium. Uh, I didn't get to watch the episode yet because my brother is all about watching all the ghost shows with me because he likes hearing my input and, uh-huh. you know, kind of like factor fiction <laughs> kind uh-huh. of thing. There's a lot, and, you know, not just in the Midwest, but a lot of, you know, tuberculosis death, a lot of disease and illness. It was just happening with the Mayo Clinic being around me. Minnesota's a very political um you know kind of state to be in um with everything going on we had some really good doctors people would fly out to help them and so the sanatorium i think it was built in the late 1600s mainly for the tuberculosis but like every other sanatorium they took in you know mental illness patients too um when the time came you know they needed to kind of fill in their beds um but it's just a sad story it kind of always falls down in the category that patients just didn't get treated right um and you know it's always a disheartening thing so i've never jumped on the opportunity of you know trying to seek it out uh to go because i'm a little bit sensitive in the fact that you know i can feel things and you know i could tell you when i walk into a place if it's going to be good or bad and i feel like if i were to walk into a place like that that went through such a dreaded kind of history i would just be overwhelmed with sadness you know like i don't even know if i'd be able to handle it i think that's pretty common with sanatorium specifically like i feel like a lot of people who are like sensitive avoid them specifically because there's such a history of like violence yeah. and pain and abuse oh of course exactly oh 
and it was like the the earlier day of medicine. People just didn't know and understand uh, mental illness. You know, there's st- this huge stigma. They didn't know how to treat these patients. You know, they just labeled, labeled them as crazy. Um, and that's so true with, with Destination Fear. I love that show. I love what they've done with that show. And every time I watch it, I mean, they tackle these places I've never heard of. And the majority of them are, you know, they're based out of North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio. I'm mm-hmm. like, God, I had no idea there this many places existed. And even Bryce had mentioned this earlier, it, like the medical community is huge there. Like mm-hmm. medicine is a big thing. Right. And, oh yeah. Yeah, especially in Ohio. Like there's the infamous Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, yeah. Ohio. That's a huge place. And I know that that I mean a lot of thrill seekers and para nerds can vouch for it being yeah. like really really active. Yeah, so my well. dad is from Mansfield. That's where he was born. That's where no like, way. his immediate family grew up living and yeah, that that place is like one of those, like, you drive by and you're like, ooh, you can't go there. Like, it's haunted. And you just, like, drive by because you can't really get in there that much. Uh-huh. Or we never try it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, the aftermath doesn't help either. You know, so many of these places mm. close down and they don't get taken care of. And, mm. you know, you whether you have homeless population coming in and degrading the building of already, you know, a place that has such violence in it and such sadness sadness in it um, or whether you have your occult seekers that are going to take a room in there and you know do some kind of rituals um, <laughs> i don't think the aftermath you know helps at, at all either you know with what happened there this is a question for both of you guys but i mean do you, whenever you're driving through certain locations especially with you bryce when you drove through mansfield did you just mm. automatically sense like a feel of like this place is really i don't know it's just something bad about it or it's just um, Something we that really weighs that you down. Close necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was so young. Um, he doesn't live there anymore. I haven't been to Mansfield mm-hmm. in like a long. Like I have been to Mansfield as an adult, basically. So if I did feel anything like that, I wouldn't have been like aware enough to address it. Just to read you guys a little list, too, from my research, mm-hmm. according to MysteriousHeartland.com, according to their 10 most haunted and stainless islands in the Midwest, this is what they came up with, with number 10 being Lake Julia Sanatorium in mm-hmm. Papooski, Papus- Minnesota. Sorry if I butchered that, guys. <laughs> San Haven <laughs> Sanatorium in Dunseeth, uh, uh, North Dakota, Northern Michigan Asylum in Traverse City, Michigan, the Peoria State Hospital in Bartonville, Illinois, Independence State Hospital in Independence, Iowa, uh, the Ridges Asylum in Athens, Ohio, the Mentino mm-hmm. State Hospital in Mentino, Illinois, Central State Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, number two, Elgin State Hospital in Elgin, Illinois, and of course, what we just talked about, the number one most um, infamous and what they claim to be the most haunted is the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Mm -hmm. Ohio. And a lot of these places have opened their doors, whether it was in between 1836 to even 1916. And a lot of them are currently all vacant, Uh, they're abandoned, and they haven't been kept up. So yeah, those are a lot, those are quite a bit of the hospitals and the asylums that had opened up in the Midwest. And 
each and every one of them seems like it has its own story or a slew of scary stories of how they mistreated patients and mm -hmm. and whatnot. So, well, yeah. Think, Anthony, kind of like you had mentioned, at least I know where I grew up, uh, the town that I grew up in was the birthplace of Rutherford B. Hayes. And where his home was, there's now a BP gas station and a plaque that says, like, this was his homestead. So the historical society, at least in, like, my area in some ways they like really do a good job of protecting certain places now right. but even growing up so many things were sort of like bulldozed over or left abandoned or completely right. disregarded and so then you know we talk about it so often um but it's like an instantaneous layer of like well why is this like energy happening why is this haunting happening it's like well you made it a gas station like Right. What were you thinking? Like a plaque is not going yeah. to like, appease any kind of like negative energy there. If anything, it's going to like enrage it. Uh, where I grew up in Minnesota, it's uh, up in the rapids, but next to Coon Rapids, um, there's Anoka. Uh, and Anoka is known as the Halloween capital of the world. And right in the center is the Anoka Insane Asylum that um, I don't even know, probably 200, 300 years. <laughs> most of it's abandoned and kind of decrepit so it's very unsafe to go into uh but uh now recently over the last couple of years the buildings that they could salvage um they are you know kind of reconstructing them you know making them stand they're actually offering them for veterans homes now for like a veteran hospital um, oh wow so they're doing that but yeah growing up with that there's so many stories about the anoko saint uh, tuberculosis hotspot <laughs> back in the day i think some things can be done to protect them and you know have a sense of respect for them and you know just 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 make an effort <laughs> you know keep them around and you know tell their stories because i think that's what people want is they don't want to be forgotten you know after all the hardships that they went through i you know they let them tell their story yeah true there's a group of girls versus ghosts and they started like a this what they call a paranormal preservation or historical preservation uh nonprofit where they go around uh preserving and trying to raise money for these abandoned places that have not only a lot of history but a lot of haunted history are there oh, yeah. a lot of are there a lot of societies like that up there in the midwest that do the same thing or any any group that you've I've heard seen about seen a lot of yeah seen uh, particular groups but i know that a lot of uh, our, our society is um you know the maritime museum and blue uh mm -hmm. taking a really good care job at old ships going to great lakes um even when i've traveled to like wisconsin michigan illinois iowa um i've seen the historical societies do a great job um you know it's so great that they're really protective of whatever you know properties that they have and i love that i, I have love that you know i always tell people you know if i can't get into locations because because there's you know over what they've done that they don't be you know touched or degraded in any way um so i've seen i've seen the handiwork of some pretty great people a lot of non-profit organizing um mm -hmm. that have been out there you know trying to do this uh, cause that's awesome have you ever heard of any um uh theaters up in the midwest that are potentially haunted i know that bryce definitely has one in particular that he's ex mm. had a, a huge experience where he saw a full body apparition bryce do you want to share a little bit of that story again for our listeners and for anthony yeah um i used to just work in a theater um 
and unfortunately the director at the time had died like days before we opened and then you know we were all so tired and so under the gun and then i ended up uh, a few days later actually seeing him uh in the main part of the theater but that theater has been like haunted and people have had many experiences from like doors opening and lights turning off and on and sound when no one's there and you know again there's so much energy at that place like it was obviously very jarring and when i saw him i was like oh you you can't be here um but the place itself like a i feel like all theaters are somewhat haunted anyway but this one in particular everyone that i know that's ever worked there uh this is in indiana they have all said like oh yeah it's it's definitely haunted do you remember the name of the theater (laughs) Uh, I probably won't say it, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever investigated any haunted theaters, uh, Anthony? Um, no, we're coming close to it though. I think uh, talking with Chris, they, I think they already did one uh, before I joined the team. So I think that's a location that hopefully I'll get to jump in and investigate. Um, I know uh, a lot of plenty of theaters that are haunted that I went to when I was on the trip in Michigan. Um, in that Ann Arbor, there's a local, just a small little theater there that I guess uh, built Native American ground that I found out oh, later. Wow why i was seeing lights flicker and things like that when i was going to see the movies uh just the feeling of you know uneasiness you know being uncomfortable uh in the theater (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy i've only worked in one theater in the midwest uh and it was uh, and it scarred you for life it it literally did <laughs> i was truly the only minority in the small town <laughs> like little brown girl going to work uh it was in uh well we're cold water michigan yeah let that sink in i had no idea where that was oh, thank you to my friend matthew chandler who's from lansing uh, but he he got me this job to work in this theater because he was hired to be the the summer it was a summer theater it was a summer stock theater and he was hired to be the td they needed a costume designer uh so he brought me along and i'm like okay i'll try the midwest here we go and yeah that was interesting to say the least but um as you know it's funny like any stories of like people like mysteriously falling off of like catwalks and stuff or you know if they're trying to like lift you up in the air during like a production show you know the rope snaps your safety line snaps wow. or something it's like such a common thing that i tend to see you know along different types of theaters it's so weird <laughs> that's true safety is always something that it it, it i don't know it kind of falls through the cracks in, in a lot of theaters especially in mm. film as well and we've seen that happen in the past mm. and especially back then you know uh, the theater that i was working for i mean it opened up i think it was the late 1800s and it was because it was like on in in route on the way to like the bigger cities it was in route to chicago and all these people who uh, would travel uh, with their shows, would always stop at this little theater to do a show. And um, yeah, they had a lot of stories in connection with the paranormal there of like shadow yeah. figures in the catwalk. You, If you sit in the backstage steps of, that led up to the dressing rooms, like you would hear voices and whispers and things like that. So 
Uh, did I experience anything? No, I just experienced bratwursts that were brought to dress rehearsal. Yes. Cheap cur- fried cheese curds and whatnot, and beer, a whole bunch of beer. You guys drink a lot of beer in <laughs> a lot of beer? A lot of moonshine. Uh, a lot of, yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I never had like an ex- a paranormal experience there, like working at that theater in Michigan. No, but it was a cute town, a lot of nice people, a lot of cool old Queen Anne Victorians that I'm sure have a yeah. lot of stories. So yeah, maybe when I retire, and I was telling my husband this, I wouldn't mind retiring to the Midwest and just buying a, an old Queen Anne Victorian because it's pretty. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. They are. They're <laughs> quite cheap. I saw one. It was like a six bedroom, three bathroom, pink Queen Anne Victorian uh, in Indiana <laughs> for two hundred and thirty-seven thousand yeah. dollars. Oh that yeah, gets the prices up there so insane. That it came with its own carriage house with a carriage. I was like, when <laughs> can I go there? <laughs> when can I move? 237 gets you 535 square feet, maybe a bathroom, maybe a bathroom here. <laughs> right, exactly. In Los Angeles, for sure. But yeah, um, yeah, you guys definitely, the Midwest has a lot of stories definitely very haunted definitely has a lot of great places and uh legends connected to it also someone also brought up the fact that um i believe it's the what is it the mississippi river that kind of comes from yeah the midwest and makes its way all the way down to the south is another factor that um how the south and their legends and lores can be connected to the legends and lores up in the midwest as well so that's also another thing to bring up in Mm -hmm. terms of geography it's a spans so much of the country like the people that consider themselves part of the midwest mm-hmm. it's such a wide swath of land i guess so there's mm-hmm. just such like a it's really funny even hearing about like you talking about like minnesota and michigan that's such a different culture than like ohio or like northern kentucky or like any of those right. like border states like kind of southern kind of midwestern you kind of don't know um it's just so funny because even within like this area that we all refer to as like oh the midwest like everyone knows that Mm -hmm. there's still like of course like the same with the south the same with anywhere it's like yeah there's still like subdivisions within that right yes like people in louisiana have a lot of their teeth compared to people in alabama just saying (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much anthony for sitting down with us and talking a little bit about the haunted Midwest. Yes, and, absolutely. And uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or if they want to follow you? Um, so my Instagram would be my best way of communication. Uh, that is paranormal underscore truth. Um, or, of course, you can uh, reach out to me via the www.ocghostandlegends.com website um, under the About Me section. My bio will be there as well as my email. So if anyone's got any great stories or they want to look me up for that, I'm all for it. Yes, definitely. Um, what is happening with OC Ghosts and Legends before we close out? Is everything okay? I know that we ha- you guys had some um, tours booked. Um, is there anything you want to communicate to our listeners who are also OC Ghosts and Legends uh, followers and fans? Yes, absolutely. So obviously right now with COVID going on, makes it a little bit of difficulty uh, to do tours and things. But um, OC Ghosts and Legends, 
So every other Saturday about we're doing a live stream, um, various paranormal topics uh, with the team members. So that's always fun to check into. We miss communicating with everyone. We miss, you know, uh, talking with everyone that's out there. Um, Also, when the time comes, Comes, we will be going back to our lovely Brackenford Manor in Tudor House. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. I noticed, like, right, I think it was like two weeks before the order hit, you guys were supposed yeah. to have the infamous lockdown at the Brackenfern and it kept on being pushed back and then it was just like well we're just gonna have to figure out what what yeah, happened I was yeah. supposed to fly out there because I was gonna surprise Mika and you know be there with the team and do it yeah and then everything happened but we're wow. getting there it's on hold so everyone just gotta stay patient and stay safe and we'll get through this and we'll all be back to ghost hunting yes absolutely definitely so um OC Ghost of Legends like I just want to reiterate that is it once every other Saturday you guys are doing the live streams, right? Yes, yes. And you guys are involved in the live streams. You got Chris August and our favorite Dixie Tantardini and yes. a couple of the other members as well. And you guys are discussing some of your fav- favorite or infamous um, investigations and haunts. and It's investigations, hauntings, personal stories. We got a couple new members on the team. So yes. uh, soon one of the live streams will be about them wow. um, and some of their, you know, experiences and how they got involved in the paranormal so it's yeah it's a whole broad spectrum of everything so really excited yeah we have a one of our listeners who i think just got inducted is angela fiore but another shout out to her she is one of our favorite persons (laughs) Uh on the planet but she is such a great supporter of our podcast and she was so excited uh to know that uh we covered brackenfern and then she was Uh really yeah, she was reaching out to us and saying, like, she was uh, interviewing with you guys to be a part of the team. And I guess, like, uh, the rite of passage is um, how well they do at, uh, is it, I might get this wrong, Mission of uh, Capistrano, is that right? Or the Capistrano uh, Mission? Yep, uh, Mission San Juan Capistrano. San Juan uh, they Capistrano. did the Camino Real Playhouse as their kind of preliminary investigation. I'm back here in Minnesota going to school because uh, it's much cheaper over here. <laughs> so Obviously. I wasn't, there. I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, I wasn't there at the time when they were doing that. But that was the audition um, for them, for everyone that wanted to, that applied uh, for the team. So oh, yeah, it was very so fun. Very awesome. good at it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anthony, for yes, sitting yes. down and talking about the Midwest. We do have a lot of listeners from Ohio and definitely from Indiana and Michigan. And we just want to say thank you guys so much for always tuning in. We wanted to do a little something, something for our Midwesterners. Thank you. Yes. Go Buckeyes, I will uh. say. Because <laughs> so, you guys, like, I mean, come on, look at the Browns. So. Let's not get carried away. We get another review on our Apple podcast. Okay, now they hit football. Now I'm a little offended. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Anthony, and for taking the time to sit down and talk ghosts, especially ghosts of the Midwest and and about OC Ghosts and Legends. So, guys, we'll we'll definitely be picking up next weekend. Um, (laughs) Bryce and I are definitely cooking up a little episode for you guys that is connected to Woodland Hills. And I have a friend that experienced something in her apartment that had um, a horrific crime attached to it. And there is a lot of paranormal elements that are attached to her experiences there. So stay tuned for that episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And always remember to stay holly weird. Bryce, do you have anything else you want to say? Bye. Oh, Bryce, do you need me to get you some cheese curds? 
Always. Thank you so much, Anthony. (laughs) Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. A big thank you to Anthony Holter of OC Ghosts and Legends. Be sure to check out OC Ghosts and Legends on Twitter and Facebook and also Instagram at ocghostsandlegends.com. Another big thank you to our Patreon members. You guys are the reasons why we have this podcast and why we have such awesome support. Thank you so much for your love, support, and donations. It's because of you we have a podcast. Speaking of Patreon, want to become a Hollyweird Paranormal producer and help produce Hollyweird Paranormal? Well, you can. Just for as little as $1 or more a month, you can become a Patreon member. Just head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hollyweird Paranormal for more information. You'll automatically be inducted to our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club, which is a bi-weekly podcast of spooky ghost stories that I've collected from people off the streets, acquaintances, and co-workers. Definitely makes you want to sleep with more than one night night on. You'll also be gifted stickers, magnets, pins, and even coasters to rest your iced coffee on as you listen to Hollywood Paranormal Podcast. We also want to say thank you and recognize our newest Patreon members, Adrian Robles and Shannon T. Thank you so much for your support. You'll be getting your goodies in the mail very shortly. To learn more about your co-hosts and Hollywood Paranormal, head on over to HollywoodParanormal.com. There you can navigate and browse around our Patreon page, our bio. Also get caught up on some past and current seasons and episodes. You can even subscribe to our podcast on our website. Also, browse around our merch store as you click on the merch page get to check out some of our new cool threads. We teamed up with Noisy Project to get a hold of some of its creepy designs. So go around and browse and get Holly weird with our merchandise. Don't forget, you can stalk us on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. Have a ghost story that you're dying to share with us, no pun intended, for our Listener's Tales episode coming soon? Then send it on over to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. Feel free to listen and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Blueberry.net, Spotify, and even Player FM. We're everywhere. If you love Hollywood Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a positive review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it helps us become a little more visible. Till next time, friends. Stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and most of all, stay Hollyweird. Feel free to turn up the volume to listen to our friend Ninjoy's song, Acceptance.